Father, we give you praise in this place this morning. The way maker, the promise keeper. God, we need all those things today, God. We need you to make a way. We need to see some promises. I don't know about anybody else in this place, God, but I know that there are things in me throughout this last week and in life in general, God, where I need you to show up. Why we came here, God, we came here to get a word from you, to get some life change from you, God. Oh, we're going to give you glory and we're going to give you praise because you're worthy of it all. But we're also expectant, believing that you have something for us, that it's not just a place to come to show up, kill an hour and go home and finish out a Sunday and get ready for Monday, but it's an organism to come to, be a part of, and be transformed through your son, Jesus Christ. That's what we need. And that's what I'm boldly praying for in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody says, amen and amen. You can have a seat. There is a, there's something, I don't know if you've heard of this called, but there's something out there called FOMO. You ever heard of FOMO? You know what that stands for? It stands for fear of missing out. And it's always been a thing. Like, like it's maybe more prevalent today than ever, but people have a fear of missing out on what's happening in the world or what's happening in someone's life. Um, I had it. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I, I haven't always been a pastor. Like, I actually had a normal job, like before I got called into ministry, worked in the corporate world. And um, every Wednesday, uh, we... Uh, we would deposit or invest in a retirement fund. And uh, it, it, was, it wasn't, the investment was pretty small. And uh, it was like two bucks every Wednesday. And uh, we, we all banked on this fund and thought it was going to really return dividends. Uh, you might have heard of the fund. It's called Powerball. And uh, so we would invest in it every Wednesday. And, and every Wednesday, nothing would really change. So the, the collector of our retirement fund would come over and say, hey, you're going you're gonna to get in this week? We're going to throw money in. And I would think to myself, you know, this two bucks, maybe, maybe this is the week I'm going to not do it. You know, I could buy a Snickers, a Coke, I don't know. Because I had my doubts. The guy that's collecting the money, number one, is he even buying tickets? Honestly, I don't know. I really don't believe he is. Like, he, he's got new shoes every week, and that's probably just a coincidence. But is he buying the tickets? I've never heard of us winning one dollar ever. So, but you know... The moment I don't get in, you know what's going to happen, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to bust it wide open. They're going to win the Powerball. I, I just knew it with all my heart. So as much as I wanted to not, like, put in two bucks, I had to. Like, I, I had no choice because I knew they're, they're, they would win it. They would drive by in their Lamborghinis honking at me while I was in the grind. I can't have that. So I got in every week, and, well, you know how that turned out. So, but I had that fear of missing out. Th this is a real thing. I don't know what your fears are. I, I'm guessing that if you're like me, you have some, and that's why maybe you're here today. Um, there's, a, there's a bigger fear than just not hitting that Powerball like I talked about. There's a fear of missing out on something called purpose. We talk about it a lot, this church. Like, like my dream, I have a dream for you, that you would live out your purpose, like that you don't miss it, that nobody misses why they're here. Can I even take it a step farther today in the theme of this message? I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you in the form of blessings, okay? See, I think God looks at us, and I, I know that he is the giver of blessings. He has them all. They're all there. But I wonder how many aren't dispatched on us because of certain things that we do or what we believe or what we don't believe or how we act. See, we talked about last week that God is a gift giver and that he has purpose for you and that he has blessings for you, say for me. It's okay. It's for you. 
And I want you to know what they are. Even in finance, I joke about the Powerball, but I, I, I will tell you, God wants to bless your finances. God wants to bless every area of your life. And I know that's an area because Jesus like parked at that area more than anything else, which is nuts to me. Of everything Jesus talked about, of all the things in the world, God, that we struggle with or that you could speak of, he spoke of this more than anything else. And I'm like, okay, why don't we talk about it? Like, you think about it every day. You talk about it every day with, with people, with, with your coworkers, with your spouse, you know, online. It, it, but yet the church somehow backs away from it. And, and I'm, I don't get it. I, I, I'll say what I've always said at Meadows Church. You want me talking about this. Like, I... I this, is, this, this should excite you more than almost anything else because it is so much tied to what we do in life and it's so much tied to your purpose. If you're financially strapped, you're gonna have, you're gonna have, it's almost impossible to live your purpose. It is. It is. In America, we're strapped, okay? We are strapped to the, to the gills. People are in debt more than ever. People are paycheck to paycheck more than ever. Eight out of 10, you, you probably know all the stats. I won't go through them with you, but I know this. Like when we go to, we have a theme, like when we go to work a lot of times in America, it's, it goes something like, I owe, I owe, it's off to work I go, got bills today and debt to pay, I owe, I owe, come on everybody, okay, no, don't do that, okay, so you get it, it's I owe, we owe, but that is not God's plan for you, that you would live financially strapped, but yet a lot of people are, I want to help you. I want to help you. Someone helped me, showed me something, changed my life, and I want, I want yours to change too. I want you living your purpose. I want you set free in every, and it's way bigger than finance, but Jesus spoke of that more than anything else, and, and there's a reason why, and I want to know why. So we're going to look at God's word and see what it has to say. And, but the one thing we need to understand, especially about America, the reason why our theme song is I owe, I owe, it's not because we're poor. Even if you're on welfare in America, you're in the top 20% of the world for the richest people on welfare. So it's not that we're poor, but yet I'm going to empathize with people because I know that in life you go through seasons and sometimes the finances are a struggle. I mean, maybe you're facing a a medical illness or a friend is and the bills are are sky high. You know, maybe you've got, I got many friends who have gone through a divorce and that can, that can, that can, I mean, that can overwhelm you financially. Okay. Maybe a single mom working a job that doesn't pay a lot and you're not getting child support. I empathize with all that. Maybe you're a college student, all right? You're back to school this week, working two jobs, one to pay the bills, one to pay Starbucks. You know what I'm saying? Or six bucks, as I call it, because it's going to cost you six bucks to get a drink. Easy. So, but, but this is what I know about, about purpose and about blessings. God wants to take us to a new level. What if I told you that today that God wants to help you in this area of your life, not just for you, but for others? Like, what if God wanted to do something so much in you that it didn't just benefit you, but it benefited those around you through blessing, through giving? We're in a series called Get in the Game. Here's the deal. When you're in the game, blessings flow. When you're on the sidelines, when you're in the stands, when you're on the bench, they don't. So that, might make, that may not make a lot of sense right now, but it will. I want you in the game. God wants you in the game. When you're in the game, it changes you and it changes others. And God today, who's the message for? Any, okay, anybody who has any sort of financial struggle or, or problem, this is for you. But even above that, it's for anybody that doesn't feel like you're, you're, you're getting the blessings that God has for you. He wants to bless you. And I'm not afraid to talk about that because the Bible is full of it. 
it is full of it. You're not getting my opinion. You're going to get God's word. And today, God wants to take you to a new level of purpose. He does. Today, God wants to take you to a new level of blessing. He does. He wants to take, take you to a new level of, of giving, even. Okay? We, sometimes we'll say in a game, we'll say, go get them. Go get them. Be a go-getter. You know what I'm telling you today? We're going to be a go-giver. Okay? A go-giver. Turn to two people and say, go give them. Go give them. We're going to go give them. Oh, my gosh. So, in praying for this message, I, uh, God brought me to 2 Corinthians, a book in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 9. If you have a Bible or you got that mobile Bible app, which is awesome, go there. Man, highlight, underline. God's going to speak to you today. If you don't have those things, we'll put it up on the screen, but I always encourage you, man, bring the Word of God. That I want. The more you get into God's Word, the more God gets into you, and the more it changes your life. 2 Corinthians, let me set it up. These are new churches. The first churches that were planted 2,000 years ago. So Paul, uh, one, of the, one of the church planters who was transformed by Jesus, is writing to this church in Corinth, modern day Greece. We learned that last week. So this is the Greece area where it's at today. So he's writing to Corinth and, he, and he's, they're doing a special offering. So this isn't like just a regular, hey, it's time to give and we're going to give our tithes and offerings. This is like a special offering for a church. So they're, they're gathering a special offering, not for the church in Corinth, but for the, for, for the first church in Jerusalem. So it's, it's under, you got to understand the context. So they're talking about a special offering here. And Paul is, Paul's desperately wants this church to live their purpose, by the way. Paul desperately wants this church to make an impact way beyond themselves and to be a blessing to that church and that church and those people and those people. Because the church isn't this, right? You get that, right? This isn't the church. This is the church. That's the church. That's the church. You're the church. So this is what he tells them. By the way, does God, does Jesus want something for you? Yes or no? Yes. I, I, I want to I help because anytime like finances get brought up, people get tense. You don't have to here. I'll tell you, if you're new here, welcome home. Thank you for coming. God wants to change your life today. But, but financially, you never have to stress out here. I promise you. Ever ever. We will, there's no pressure. There's no nothing. You're going to see that right here. Just remember, Jesus talked about money more than anything else, and Jesus didn't want anything from the people. He had something for them, okay? So I, 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 want, I want us to understand the heart. So Paul says, remember this church, a farmer who plants only a few seeds gets a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop, for each of you must decide in your heart how much to give for this, for this special offering we're going to do. He says, don't give reluctantly. In other words, if it's reluctant, just, just keep it, is what he's saying. I would say the same thing. I don't, I, keep it. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. But then he says it, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God loves a cheerful giver. But I would contend that, that many people feel like they have to give rather than want to give. And, and trust me, the guy that's talking right now, I ain't judging. That was me most of my life. But what if about this cheerful, cheerful, cheerful giver thing? What if? Can you imagine, by the way? Just think about it. If we're in church and we do an offering. Like, I don't know if you grew up in the church. Um, the church I grew up in, they would, the guys would have those long, like, sticks with the baskets on the end. And 
kind of pokey and prod you until you throw some cash in. So you know the, the offering time. Or, they, or this, a lot of churches will pass the plate. Can you imagine, like you're sitting in church, like you're sitting in church right now, so you don't have to, it's not too hard for you to imagine that. Um, so we're sitting there, and just think if it's, all of a sudden the pastor says, all right, it's time for the offering. You know, it, it's, it's, time to, it's time to pass the plate. Can you imagine somebody standing up there like, yes! It's offering time. And he does his offering dance. And he's like, Whoa, I'm going to give to you. And I'm going to give to you. I don't know if that's the dance or not, but that was wrong, whatever that was. So, but he is just like, yes, honey, get out your purse. I'm going to get out my wallet. Kids, cash in the 401k. It's time to give back to God. Send the plate back here, pastor. Send it back here. Okay, okay, yeah, you get. So can you imagine? Somebody going that crazy about an offering that they're like, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. We get to give back to God. We get to give cheerfully. Okay, I think we know that's not normal. Like, if you went to a church like that, and then you left and told your friends that went down, your friends would be like, dude, you didn't drink the Kool-Aid, did you? I mean, something is, something's wrong with that church, okay? But, but that's the, the heart of Jesus. God wants to change your heart today. It's not even a money issue. I love it. Jesus talked about money because he knows we're going to hold on to it. And he, knows, he knows our heart. It's not even about money. So, okay, back to the message. <laughs> that dance, I'm going to try to erase. we got to edit that out of the message, okay? Just, I don't want that to be shown for everybody. Um, so, <laughs> and God will give generously, or he'll provide all you need. Then you'll have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scripture says, now he quotes a psalm from the Old Testament, they share freely and give generously to the poor, and their good deeds will, will be remembered forever. Two more verses. For God is the one who provides. Who provides? God. God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer and the bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide and increase we're going to come back to that. Your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those in need, they will thank God. So Paul is preaching a principle. You may, well, finish this. What comes around? Yeah, right? You reap what you sow. I tell my kids they're back to school now, and I'll say, Jake, Ava, you guys want to, you're going to meet new people. You're going to meet new friends. But if you want to, if you want to, if you want good friends, you need to, oh my gosh, don't, don't let your dad down. Not right now, not in front of everybody. If you want good friends, you need to be a good friend. That's right. So it's kind of, you know, if you want good friends, you need to be a good friend. You'll reap what you sow. Plant a few, get a few. Plant much, give much. I'm not afraid to say the rich do get richer. When you're rich in God and you're living according to God's principles, you do get richer. Okay, it, it's true. The poor do get poorer. It, it, it's, it's, it's biblical. I'm going to show you this. It's something I never understood. And when, I, when they showed it to me, and it took, <laughs> I'm pretty hard-headed, so it took a while, but I did get it. Um, I want to give you the main point. We're talking not just about giving, but we're talking about a generous heart. When you're generous with God, when you're generous with God, not just with finances, but with anything, he's going to be generous with you, okay? When you're generous, when you're in the game, God sees it, and he's like, dang it. I, 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 something's going on in them. I can trust them. They're in the game. They're not on the sidelines. They're not on the bench. They're in the game. They're doing something, and God says, you've got my attention. I'll show you this. When you're generous with God, he'll be generous with you. 
Remember the first verse? But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Man, I see, I, I don't know a ton about farming. I'm just going to be honest. I lived on a farm until I was 10, okay? I know sheep are incredibly stupid. I do know that. I wonder, you know what the sheep would tell me? Monty, if we're so stupid, why were you the one riding us? I think that's what the sheep would ask me, okay? No judgment here. So, uh, um, <laughs> my name is Monty and I rode sheep. It's, it's, it's true. So, <laughs> I need help. Uh, what was I doing? Okay, so, I don't know. <laughs> what was I saying? Okay, the planting, the generous, the farming. But, but it says here, here's what wouldn't make sense. I do know this about farming. You know, you plant in the spring, you harvest in the fall. I do know that. So I do know it would, you, would be, you would look like a psychopath if you planted nothing in the spring, and in the fall, you run out to the field, you're like, dang it, no corn. And you come back home, and you kind of complain to your wife, and dang it, there's nothing. The neighbors got corn, other neighbors got beans, we have nothing. And she's like, sweetie, you didn't plant any corn. Oh, but there's no corn. She's like, oh my gosh, you're so dumb. You know, I hear that all the time. So, but the but next day he runs out, looks again, mad. Mad at God, mad at the world, no corn. You didn't plant anything. You didn't plant anything. There, there is, you, you plant, God, 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 those who sow few will get few. Those who sow many get many. This is the principle. But you have to sow something. And God will generously provide all you need. And then you will have everything you need. He says it twice. It's almost like, Paul, you're, you're, you're forgetting you just said it. You said it again. You're stuttering. But he says it for a reason. God will generously provide all you need. And then again. And then you'll have everything you need. So all, everything, you get the theme. And then he says, and plenty left over to share with others. Okay, so of that verse, a couple questions. Do we believe, don't answer out loud, but do you believe that God truly will provide everything you need? Like, is he, do you feel like in your finance or any area, okay, God, you're there for me, you're providing everything I need, and then do you believe the second half, which is real crazy, and you'll have plenty left over. Like, you've got so much left over, you just don't know what to do with it all. It's like, oh my gosh, all the bills are paid, the, the car tanks are full of gas, tuition is paid, kids are fed, cupboards are full, and I got so, I got so much left over, it's like, oh, I got so much, so you get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car, you know, I just don't know what to do with it all. Okay, do we really have that problem? <laughs> I, 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 and if you're giving away cars, I mean, I'm just Dodge Challenger 2000, anyway, so, uh, um, do we believe that we'll have plenty left over? And by the way, I know we're talking finance. I know we're talking money. I hope you know by now this, this message isn't about money. And if you don't, I'm going to tell you. Money's one of the things we're talking about, but God's way bigger than just blessing you financially. Way bigger. We think money, oh, money's a big deal. God's like, that's nothing. That's nothing compared to how I want to bless you in your life. It is just one of the many areas I can shower down on you and change your life. That's what he wants you to know. But, but on a side note, I'll tell you this. One of the number one indicators of someone's spiritual condition is their finances and how they handle them. It is. It was mine. You know, it, it is one of the number one indicators because, because it's close to our heart. It's the last thing I gave to God, I'll tell you that. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll elaborate more on that in a bit. But tithing, we even talk about tithing. If you've never heard that word, tithing means 10%. The Bible says return 10% to God. And then and, and, and trust him with the rest, and he blesses the rest. That's what the word says. Now, most people don't believe that. I didn't believe it most of my life. But tithing isn't even about money. It is not about money. It's about putting God first in your life. It's interesting. So, so 
Let me, let me illustrate it this way. Does anybody have 100 bucks? Anybody got 100 bucks I can use for an illustration? Oh, Jamie. Oh, my gosh, your obedience. Incredible. You see how quick she shot Thank you, Jamie. You see how quick she shot up with $100? You know what? Does anybody have $1,000 I can use? <laughs> I just say, like, dang it, that, that worked pretty good. Wow. So, and I love Jamie, and she was very obedient there, but, but here's, the, here's, the, here's the truth behind that. The reason Jamie was so quick to give me this $100 is because she wasn't giving it to me. She's returning it, okay? Right before the service, I said, Jamie, here's 100 bucks. I'm going to do something in the message. She's like, oh my gosh. What are you you know, so, so she, but she did it. So it wasn't, hers, it wasn't hers in the first place. See, that's how it is when we believe that it's all God's, and then you return to his what's his. It, it's, it doesn't hurt so bad. So it, it, she's not giving it. She's returning it. That's what a tithe is. A tithe is returning 10% because it's all God. And he says, when you return 10%, I'll bless the 90. And the 90 go farther than the 100 will ever go. It's true. It's true when you do that, when you're obedient. So, Jamie, come here. You were so obedient. So, so God blesses us when we give. So we give, when we give, and God blesses us, not just financially either, not just finances. I know you're hearing that. I'm talking every area of your life. God will give to you, and God will do things in you and through you. I believe this. So Jamie's like, I, I ain't ever missing church again. So, um, so 2 Corinthians 9, let's keep going. For God is the one who provides. You've already answered that question. God provides the seed. Remember the farmer who wasn't planting but was expecting a harvest? Well, he kept his seed because he said, I can't, I can't go plant it, God. I can't. I need this seed. I need to grind this up and make bread and, and do whatever I need to do for my family. So he kept the seed, right? But then he's checking the field wondering where the crop is. God provides the seed. We return it and God multiplies it. In the same way, he'll provide an increase. Provide and increase. Oh my gosh. Provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. It doesn't, I love it. It doesn't say just pr produce a great harvest. See, God knows if he can produce something in you and it's reproducible, it'll continue on and continually return dividends. Oh my, forever. He wants to produce something in you. Produce generosity in you. And when he sees that you're generous, he'll be generous. Because he's looking for people that he can flow through. He is. He wants to flow through you. He wants to trust you with things in your life. He wants to trust you with money. He wants to trust you with, with more responsibility. He wants to trust you in leadership. He wants to trust you in so many areas and give you more. But he wants to see it flow through you. Paul was amazing. Paul, he wrote a, a, a couple books to a guy named Timothy. It was his protege, his mentee, that he was raising up to lead the next generation. In a couple of books called 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, he wrote this, these letters to Tim. In 1 Timothy, listen to what he says about, the sub, about this subject. 1 Timothy 6, 17. Teach those who are rich in this world, which that's us, okay? We, if we live in this country, that's us. Not to be proud or trust their money. Don't put your trust in your money. It's so unreliable, up and down, all around. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. I got to park there for a second. Did you hear what, what the Bible just said? God gives you all you need, and then it's for your enjoyment. Wow. We think, well, God, you just want to, we just got to use it for this and that. God's like, I want you to enjoy it. I came that you want to have life and have it to the full. God's okay with you having stuff. God's okay with you having things. He doesn't want him to have you, right? He wants to be first. But, but we somehow think, well, if I've, if I've truly committed all my life to Christ, I'm going to, you know, sell everything and live in a box down by the bridge. 
I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess if God's leading you to do that, yes, you should. But I don't think that's God's plan for most people. I don't. Please, God, never, never let that be the plan for me. I'm just saying, never. Uh, but it's not. God's okay with you having things. It's like we, we got to get over this. Like, oh, my gosh, if you have something nice, you must not be, you must, God must not be first in your life. Oh, my gosh, please. So verse 18, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous with those in need. You see the word generous throughout these scriptures all over the place. Always be ready to share with others. And by doing this, they will be storing up treasure as a good foundation for the future. So that they may experience true life. Look up here. God wants you to experience true life. Abundant life, we would call that. Purpose-driven life, we would call that. The number one reason people come to the church, or not come to the church, but one of the number one prayer requests, you know what it is? Finance. And I get it. It, it should, it, I don't, that doesn't surprise me. It's what Jesus talked about. It's the number one thing. Number one prayer request, number one. And, and it doesn't surprise me. It will probably always be the case. And I like that. I like that. I'm okay with that because I can show them some things. I'll show them what somebody showed me about it. Some of you, honestly, your finances, the, you know who you are and you're struggling in this area and you can't get ahead. I want to show you something that God wants to show you. I'm not just going to preach to you. I'm going to help you. Like, I'm going to walk with you. I'm not going to be like, well, this is what the word of God says. Now get out of here and good luck with that. Well, thank you, pastor. That's great. No, we, we equip at this church. I'm going to equip you. I'm, I'm not just going to preach to you. I'm going to show you this. Is, oh, I'm so excited. We have to understand that God wants to bless us. Repeat after me. God wants to bless me. I, you, you didn't convince me there. I need you to say it a little bit louder. Repeat after me. God wants to bless me. Now I need you to shout it to God so we can hear you. Say it one more time together. God wants to bless me. See, God wants to bless you. And he will bless you if he knows it's going to flow through you. Through you. See, it's only by giving that you can receive more than you already have. It's, that's the only way. It doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. What? You give and you... And I'm not talking prosperity gospel where it, it, he knows your heart. What I'm not sharing with you is this. Well, if I give my, return my 10% or I give to God, then he's got to give back to me. Okay. He knows your heart. If the only reason you want to give somebody your time and the only reason you want to give your finance or whatever area, pick it, fill in the blank, is so you get something in return, that is not the heart that God wants. That's not giving cheerfully. That's the reluctant. That's the pressure. God don't want that. When you give because you want to give, because God has changed your heart, do you know how you become a, a cheerful giver? God has to change your heart. He has to. Yeah, it's the only way. It's the only way. Listen, you know what I believe about you? I believe you want to be generous. I believe you do. I believe you want to give. I believe you do. I believe that people want to give. It's not our nature. You know, we're, we're born, we're born takers. I mean, you ever been around toddlers? Their, their first word normally isn't like mommy or daddy. It's normally mine, mine, mine. I still say today, and I'm an adult pastor. It's like, Jody, you come after my dessert. I'm like, mine. You come after it again, I'll put a fork in your hand, Jody. Don't do it. I'm just saying. Don't be eating my cheesecake. Uh, God wants to do heart surgery. It's what it took for me. I already shared it with you. Finance is the last thing I would trust God with. But I, I wrote this down probably more for me than you. God isn't committed just to meeting my needs. 
He wants to exceed them. I just need to trust him and plant seeds. That's what I need to do. The Bible has never let me down. I've let it down, it's never let me down. You reap what you sow. If you're not giving, you don't expect a harvest. And, and I'm not just talking money, I'm talking anything. The last verse 11, yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take our gifts to those in need, they will thank God. I'll tell you, we got people in our church that are thanking God for you. Not kidding you. I could share story after story. If you've ever given back to God through this church financially, there are people that are thanking God for your gift. If you've ever given back to God through, through prayer, through praying for this church, or people in this church who suffer and struggle, they thank God for you. If you serve in any capacity, they thank God for, for you serving. By the way, in the last two weeks, we've had 33 people sign up to be on dream teams. Those are our serving teams. See, that's, that's supernatural. That's supernatural. So they, they want to give. They want to give so you can thank God for what he's doing in your life. It's so much bigger than money. It's so much bigger than finance. Sometimes at the church we'll say, well, God needs my, God needs my time. God needs my, my serving or God, need, God needs my worship. We're supposed to be at church. God needs my worship. God needs my money. Can I just tell you why we talk about dream teams? Can I tell you why we talk about life groups? Can I, can, we, can I tell you why we talk about giving back to God financially? I'll tell you. It isn't because, it, we don't talk about your time because he needs your time. Okay, God is, has always been and God always will be. It ain't about your time. It's not about your worship, okay? If you don't worship God, the Bible says the rocks and the trees will cry out to him. Is that amazing or what? So, so it's not about your money. He certainly doesn't need your money. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So it's not, it, it, we don't talk about those things because God wants them or needs them. We talk about them because God wants you. God wants your love. God wants your heart. God wants to do something immeasurably more than you can dream or imagine. That's what he wants. It is your heart he wants. If you never give anything to this church, I'll never stop loving you. I'll never, I'll never judge you. I'll never look at you differently. I'm the guy that, oh my gosh, Jody and I, we were that couple that, even when God got a hold of me, ah, maybe 20 bucks. That's what I can afford. And God's doing a work, and I hear messages like this, and I'm like, ah, I wish I could give more. I wish I, we, we, we have a saying in this church, healthy things grow. If you've been here the last couple weeks, you've heard me say that numerous times. Healthy things grow. Trees planted grow just happens. You don't have to make it happen. If they're healthy, they're going to grow. Healthy things don't just grow, they give. They give. A tree planted healthy is going to give shade. A tree planted healthy will give fruit. A tree planted healthy will give off oxygen. That, that's what it does. It's what healthy things do. I know you want to give. I already know that about you because you're, you're, you're made in the image of God. I also know it doesn't come naturally, and I know it's difficult and financial. It's the number one struggle people have. I'm here to help. Someone helped me, and it changed my life. When you're generous with, with God, he'll be generous with you. This isn't a message, and it's not just in Corinthians. It's not just in Timothy. It's not just like in Malachi. I could, I could give you hundreds of scriptures 
I mean, I wrote down a few. They're all pointing to the same thing. When you trust God, when you plant, you put him first, he'll blow your doors off. Will you put him first? Will you trust him? I'm going to show you how. But I love the scriptures. I'm going to give you a few. Matthew 6.33. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. When you seek the kingdom of God first and live righteously, he will give you everything you need. Proverbs 11.24. Remember when I said the rich get richer, the poor get It's biblical. Proverbs 11.24. Give freely and become more wealthy. Oh, we're scared to say that in church. Oh, boy, that sounds... I'm not scared to say it. It says it right in God's word. Okay? I'm not promising every time you give back to God financially, he's going to bless you financially. I promise you he'll bless you. Okay? That's the promise of God. I will bless you. If he, if he chooses to bless you financially, he will. If he knows it's flowing through you, like with anything else, bless you with health, bless you with, with, with guidance, bless you with direction, whatever it is. Acts 20, 25, Paul writes, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It's more blessed to give than receive. But the one that really did it for me was Luke 16, 10. I'll never forget when it was read to me and it hit me. God, I pray this hits somebody like it hit me in your name. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. See, I never felt like I had a lot. Like most of you, lower middle class or wherever you call yourself, that's where I was. And I felt like, God, I can give you 20 bucks maybe or whatever, and that's a stretch some weeks to be honest with you, God. But I kept, God kept working on me. And I'm like, I, I want, I want, and it, maybe it was selfish. I was like, I want God to bless me. I did. I'm like, I want God's blessing. I want his blessing. I want his blessing on my family, on my marriage. I want his blessing in, in, in my work. I want his blessing in my finances. I wanted it. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? And, and, and so we, we would up it a little bit, up it a little bit. But a tithe, a 10%, I'm like, are you kidding me? 10% God, I've done the math. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Ten, and 10% is a great equalizer too. Whether you're on welfare or Warren Buffett, 10% is 10%. It, it's like the guy, he was making 50 bucks a week. And he's like, he's like, I could do a tithe, five bucks a week. I could do that. Let's give him five bucks a week. And all of a sudden God increases it to 500 Make it 500 bucks a week. He's like, ah, oh, 50 bucks a week. I can do that. I can do that. Soon he's making 5,000. He comes to the pastor. He says, pastor, I need you to pray for me. Pastor's like, what's going on? He goes, I had a hard time tithing. Very hard time tithing. He's like, what's going on? Well, I made 50 bucks a week. It wasn't bad, five bucks. Made 500 a week, 50 bucks. I can do that. Now I'm making five grand a week. And that's a stretch. $500 to return to God. He goes, I'm struggling with it. I need you to pray. So the pastor's like, all right, let me pray for you. Lays hands on him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I would pray that you reduce Bill's income back to $50 a week. <laughs> Bill's like, whoa, 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 pastor. Let's not get carried away here. Pastor's like, hey, you wanted to be, you know. <laughs> it's like when I pray, I, when I pray with people, especially with addiction, because I was a drug addict. When people come to me and I know they're, uh, they're struggling with addiction, I'll tell them straight up, I'm going to pray that God will break you. I do. Not, 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 not hurt them unless God wants to. Sometimes he just needs to. With me, he did. But he, I pray you break them, God. Break them. So they have no other option but to look up to you. And then they normally say, you know what? I'd rather have that guy pray for me. <laughs> so whatever. So, but uh, <laughs> be careful what you ask for, right? I want you to invest in something that's going to pay eternal dividends. Most of the world doesn't. I'll be honest. Stats will tell you. Christ, even Christians, not non-Christians, Christians return 2% back to God for the kingdom of God. So that means 98% goes to the world. I'm not judging. That was me. I'm not even sure I gave 
We did a series a while back called Alien, and it was reminding us that this world's not our home. The death rate, I don't know if you know this, it hovers around 100%, so good chance it's gonna happen. I was reminded this week, I have a very good friend of mine who his wife lost her mom unexpectedly. I mean, she, was, she, she had been sick, but they did not expect her to go like she did, and, and it was gone. And now they're reeling and they're grieving. And then a friend of mine, or a friend of my daughter's actually, their family, their neighbor lost a, a toddler in a horrible tragedy at their house. And I'm like, it's just these, these dark reminders. What if we were to invest in something where God could bless you if you trust him and you do it, and you're investing into the kingdom of God, and you're investing into lives, you're investing into life change, you're investing into children, into the future, way beyond this world. Listen, I'm all about cancer being cured. I would love it. And I will invest, I, I would invest in that. In fact, I have invested in that and given back to those organizations. And I wanna continually do that, but I will not forsake the kingdom of God first. I'm gonna return 10% to God first. That's what I wanna do. And then I give to other organizations. But to give to that, not give to God, that's insane to me. Because even if you cure cancer, they're gonna die anyway. And, I, and, I, and don't hear me wrong, I want cancer cured. I want heart disease cured. I would love that, it would be great. It would prolong them to give them more opportunities to fall in love with Jesus. I love that, that's what I love. But they will die, they will die. It's like the guy that died, wealthy dude, dies, the family gathers around the, at the funeral or at the, at the will reading. And somebody says, well, how much did he leave? And the guy reading the will said, what? He, he left everything. He left it all. And so will you. And so will I. He left it all. I want to invest in something that is going to pay dividends forever. That is the kingdom of God. And this isn't a message to get more money for the church. Or, I, you do whatever God tells you to do. I'll tell you my story. When God got us up to tithing, it changed our life. It changed our life. I never thought I'd be a cheerful giver. I thought that was a joke. Are you kidding me? I, I will never be the guy, you know, doing the dance. Well, that guy was high, so we, don't, we can't use that guy. But, you know, but I never thought I'd be, I can't wait to get back to God. I can't wait. When I get paid, first thing I do is tithe 10%. It's the first thing I do. And there's some weeks we can give above and beyond. And then there's some other times I can give to other charities because I have more left over. The promises are true is what I'm telling you. This, my story is not unique. Ask anybody who's tithing. It's changed their life, I promise you. I promise you. They left it all. So, Pastor, if I was to start, how, how would I do it? Great question. Just start. Start. For somebody, maybe you've never given back. It might be 10 bucks. But here's what I tell you to do. Use automation. Set up automatic. Not because the church needs your money. Like, don't hear that. If you hear that, you're missing it. I want God to bless you. He says, if it flows through you, I'll bless you. If I see your obedience, I'll bless you. It's what he says. Not me, it's what he says. For others, you need a program that changed my life. Financial Peace University. It changed me. I want to offer it to you. We're going to start it in three weeks, the 15th of September. It's nine weeks for an hour and a half, once a week on Sunday nights, 7 to 8.30. So uh, maybe a 21, 22-hour investment in your life cha will change your life. It will change your finances. I promise you. Oh, you have to invest. You got to plant seed. I think it's 100 bucks to do it. You'll make that up in the first week, by the way. Guaranteed. If you don't, I'll, I'll pay it. Uh, tell me you didn't make it up and I'll pay you $100. I will. No questions asked. Ask Jamie, right? She'll tell you. So 
I, I want this for you. Somebody offered it to me, and it changed our life. Financial Peace University. If you will do that, or if you, even if you have questions on that connection card, write Financial Peace. Just write it on there. And we'll call you this week and we'll talk more about it. But I'm telling you, it doesn't just happen by accident. It just, you have to start somewhere. This will give you the tools to start. Other than that, if you've never given, start, start, start investing. I don't care if it's, I don't care if it's two bucks. What? Just start to unlock and tell God, God, I don't have much, but I'm going to give you what I do have. Just take this and know that I want to be a conduit. I know I'm not anywhere close to 10%. I know I'm not anywhere close to that, but neither was I. Most people can't jump from nothing to 10. Maybe you can, and if God leads you to do that, you should. You want to get there. Trust me, you want to get there. You want to get there. But they need to go like this, these increments, and I want to help you do it. I'll do whatever I can. Most people that struggle financially aren't, aren't giving back. I don't say that to condemn anybody. I don't. I hope you've heard by now that the guy talking has probably, probably been one of the most greedy guys in my life. Most just, I just didn't trust God. And some days I still struggle. But you have a God who's faithful and you have a God who's big and you have a God who wants to give back. Romans 8.32, since God did not spare even his own son but gave him up for all of us, won't he give you everything you need? Won't he also give us everything else we need? I can't preach about giving and not talk about Jesus. That's impossible. The great gift giver, the gospel of Jesus Christ, would say that Jesus Christ came and died on a criminal's death on a cross to save you and I. That eternity, remember the death rate, 100%? After that, it's heaven or hell. Those are the options. The only way to heaven, the only way, is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is it. None other. And if you don't believe that, read John 14, 6 later today. It's the only way to heaven. Sell out to him. It's, it's, the, it's the greatest investment you'll ever make in yourself. Jesus Christ came to die on a cross for you, to, be, to, to rise from the dead. And if you call on his name and you surrender your life to him and ask him to come into you, the Bible says that he'll, he'll cleanse you and make you clean. You won't be perfect. You'll still be messed up, but he'll be doing a work and the work will begin. And salvation begins that day. Sanctification takes a long time. That's just growing like Jesus. But the salvation begins today. And I'm here to tell you, if you do nothing else, before you leave here. That, that's the most important thing I can share with you. Jesus Christ died for you. He's alive today. And if you sell out to him, say, Jesus, come in and make me new. I want to be cleansed by you. I want to be made by new. I need you in me. Forgive me. Do that. And then pray with the prayer team afterwards. We'll walk with you. We'll, we'll love you. We'll guide you. Did Casey mention we got over 20 people getting baptized in a couple hours? We should probably celebrate that. I mean, I... Did you mention that? You didn't? The life change I'm talking about, the investment I'm talking about, I, I, I want to help you. I hope you. I hope you know that. Someone help me. If you, if, if you want to start giving, let us help you. Ask questions. Call us. Whatever. I don't want nothing from you. And if you feel guilted, I apologize. That was me rather than God. God don't want that. If you feel pressure to give, please, I, I'll repent before God. That's my fault, not God's. That's not the heart of your father. But I'd be crazy not to tell you about Jesus. One last scripture, and then I'll close with a prayer. Luke 12, 21. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Some of you do have money. 
in abundance, and that's awesome. God's blessed it. I hope, I hope you know that's from God. But if you have that and you don't have a relationship with God, you have nothing. Please hear my heart from a guy that was a drug addict that, had, that, that lived a lifestyle that was out of control, thought it was fun, it led to death. If you have money, whatever blessing you have, I'm telling you, God wants your heart. God wants to do a work in you. You won't take the money with you. You won't take the house with you. You won't take the business with you. My pastor's always said, Monty, I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? I haven't either. I want Jesus in my life. I want him in yours. When Jesus is in your life and in your heart, it'll change your giving. The money follows your heart. It will follow. You don't, you won't need me. You won't need me. Oh, you need to give. Jesus will do the work. The Holy Spirit does the work. I love you so much. I hope you know that. I want to pray for you. And I want to give God glory because he's working in this place today. Father, I feel the spirit of your presence here. I know that you're doing a work that only you can do. I used to say when we preached on giving God, like it was some sort of a, a challenge. I find joy in it. Never thought I would say that, Father. I find joy in it. I want people to have that joy. I don't want them to feel pressure. I don't want them to go back and look at their, their checking account or look at their bank statement or look at their collection bills and be overwhelmed. You don't want that either. You know why? Because th it's impossible to live purpose when you're living that way. But there's a new way. There's a way that says when we start to trust you in every area of our life, including that, that you will start to show that you want to unlock doors and you want to open windows and you want to do something that only you can do. God, I pray that people will sign up for financial peace. Peace. That word and money hardly go hand in hand in the world we live in, but it can. It was made to because of you. God, I pray for everybody in this place who doesn't have a relationship with you. They might believe in you. They might say they know you, but is it, is it truly evident? Is it in their heart? If it's not, God, I pray that they will, they will cry out to you and ask you to enter into them. Ask you to make them new. We will love them. We will walk with them. God, I give you glory for the baptisms, the declarations that will take place this afternoon. Life change is happening. Why? Because people have invested resources, time, prayer, love. When you deposit something in the kingdom of God, the dividends are forever. I want people to know that God get, help them take a next step. The first one's always the hardest. But I know that if they do, God, they're going to start to experience a joy and a promise that is answered because you say in your word, trust me, put me to the test and see if I won't pour out a blessing so great that we will not have enough room to take it in. If someone wants that for them today, I need you to shout for 10 seconds and give God some glory up in this place. Oh God, we love you. We thank you. We'll never stop shouting that in you the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody says, amen.